재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Koreascape. Uh, we bring you now People in Seoul. It's our weekly attempt to interface you with some of the interesting expats that have come to make a life in Korea. Once upon a time, Korea was a place where you got deployed by the military or you'd get posted by your business. Maybe you came right after graduation to earn a little extra money as an English teacher. Uh, and it wasn't someplace that you necessarily went by choice. That's changing big time. People come to Korea for all kinds of reasons nowadays, chiefly because they want to do something fun, interesting, creative, and because they passionately love Korean culture and uh, everything that's going on over here. Our next guest is one of those people. His name is Russell Kelly, and he is reinventing a chapter of his life at a somewhat more mature age than some of the other expats we might know at the age of 60 years young. And he is a graduate of the Academy of Korean Studies. Russell, welcome. Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, good to be here. <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> to have you. Uh, we don't get to talk to too, too many Australians, so uh, always nice to uh, connect with an Australian. How long have you been in Korea now? Uh, two years this time. Yeah. Two years around. Yeah. And you were just you just surfaced in um, the Seoul Shinmun. I think it be, grew, drew their attention because uh, a lot of people don't see people starting to reinvent their life in Korea at uh, the slightly more advanced age that you find yourself no, in. No, uh, the interview covered a lot of things, but they did focus on that, so that must have been to them mm. a, a little unusual. So, at that phase in life, what got you interested in studying Korean history, Korean culture? You've become, you know, kind of the buff now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a journey. Um, it's, it started a while back. Um, yeah, 2007, I started doing homestay, mm. taking homestay students, and and in 2009, uh, we took in the first uh, Korean students. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty cool people, very positive mm-hmm. attitude. And then I took in another group. You know, they're there on English language tours. And so every six months, you'd get a, a new group in. And mm-hmm. each time, I thought, no, give me more Koreans. They're yeah. just fantastic. So it's just like the... <clears throat> The exchange contact, sort of the cultural exchange. You were taking yes. in various people from various countries, yes, but the Koreans yes. somehow clicked with you. They, they stood out, mm. and um, <clears throat> I made a, a, a fair few friends with the Koreans. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, they all struggling with English. Like, Why don't I teach English? So that's when things started to turn, right? And, mm. and it was one thing leading to another. So I got my CELTA certification. Teaching. That's like an advanced English instruction kind of thing? That's right, yes, okay. English language. And, um, and then uh, I thought, well, I need to get a Bachelor of Arts degree to qualify for teaching English in Australia. So I oh, went back to university. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> What had been your previous sort of avatar? What, what were uh, you up to then? Yeah, up, to, up until then, I'd, I'd been doing graphic design for 23 years. No kidding. It, it, no kidding, yeah. <laughs> I just kind of burnt out in that. Uh, 
uh, mainly veered into publishing and and yeah when I was working on by myself like freelancing it was always a big hassle getting quotes and that sort of stuff so eventually after that amount of and time a lot of people time want to, you to work for free as a graphic designer these yeah, days yeah and oh, when you it'll be great exposure mm, yeah it's it's probably better to work for a company advertising yeah. agency something like that yeah, yeah. Because it's funny, a lot we talk sometimes about this whole topic of digital nomads, and mm. a lot of people picture the graphic designer as sort of the the, the dream career and the dream life. That's what you're leaving behind. Yeah, yeah. I they want to so. become location but independent, and you <laughs> want to become location tied. You, you you fell in love with Korea. It, yeah, it is a funny thing. So, um, you know, I, I visited some friends here, and uh, then I decided. To, well, you know, if I'm going to teach English, why teach it in Australia? Why not come to Korea, teach it in a, mm. a country that's so different and fascinating? Where there's English fever. Yes, yeah, all kinds of opportunities like that. And, yeah, again, it was one thing leading to another. Uh, so you came a couple of years ago. It wasn't always easy, though. I mean, um, different, regardless of their qualifications... Uh, English teachers can find they run into obstacles in Korea. Sometimes if you've, uh, you're from the wrong ethnic group, perhaps, people, the, the impression mm -hmm. here will be, ah, your English is not this kind of standard American or standard Brit British English. Yes. Uh, you were a bit older. Did you run into some obstacles? Well, I believe it was the age thing. I always thought that might be a problem in Korea because, mm -hmm. you know, normally a, a Korean at this age is thinking about retiring. Sure. And, well, maybe even in Australia, but, you know, it's not uncommon in Australia to mm -hmm. have, you know, older people changing direction, going back to uni and applying for jobs. So, yeah. so I sent out a lot of applications through um, Craigslist and ESL Korea, all these different sites and mm -hmm. even cold um, applications just directly to universities, that sort of thing. And I got no responses. I'm thinking, I've got my photo in there. They're just going to be looking at that photo and go, no, we don't want a white-haired man. And that's what I was suspected. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, I mean, there's a very, as you know by now, you've studied it, you've observed it firsthand. The set of relationships in Korea is fairly mm. set. Yes. And there's, uh, the, the, how you deal with somebody who's older with you is, is radically different than it might be in Australia, right? So I, yes. I, I imagine that perhaps in many cases, the hiring authority was considerably younger than you in many of these uh, circumstances and felt uh, completely freaked out. <laughs> that, that, Do you think that's, that's what, what that's happened? Pr that's quite possible. A lot of them were uh, private hug ones as well, mm -hmm. and uh, most of them were. And I think because they're businesses, they have a face that they've got to project. Ah. And so maybe that's why they would probably prefer younger people. And sometimes they actually specify female only. Mm. And, and all these different requirements, as you say, there's some very set um, standards they yeah. follow. Especially in the Hagwans, uh, and they, this has made headlines before too, mm. they'll put some pretty specific descriptions in, you know, yeah. white male <laughs> wanted from this country, yes. <laughs> uh, or white female, or so on and so forth, mm. and they get themselves into some hot water over that. Mm. When it finally, you, you, now you're working, these days you're teaching. I, I've just finished, a, you know, a two years master's degree, and uh, I just, this week, early this week, landed a job teaching at an elementary school, which mm. I'm yet to start. Okay. And that's on Kangwado. Kangwado. Yeah. So you had to go a little bit out of your way. <clears throat> yes, but the only reason I got that job is because teacher that I made friends with had a friend in the Incheon Metropolitan Office of Education who was the recruiter for foreign teachers. That was a network contact, mm -hmm. not a job application as such. 
that in and of itself is a little bit instructive about the whole uh, job process. Mm. Whether it's here or anywhere, it really does come down to who you know, doesn't it? Especially in Korea. Absolutely. In my experience in life, definitely, it's who you know. Just word of mouth, you know. And so my advice would be just to build up your network. Mm. If you've got a goal in mind, you should be looking at um, who's going to be useful. Mm. And when you know when that you meet that person that, um, yeah, okay, I'm going to be a friend with this person. Mm. And, and The yeah. two-year masters, that must have been crucial in making the contacts or uh, was that kind of a peripheral pursuit? It was a bit of a sidetrack. Uh, going into masters, but I was m- majoring in Korean history and culture, which I think is is a pretty good thing to know if you're going to be teaching Koreans. Naturally, there's a greater understanding of of, of them. So, what aspect of Korean history? Do I mean, is this just sort of a comprehensive sort of uh, Korea through four thousand years, as condensed into a mm. few months, or or what was the scope of what you studied? The, the scope, well, yeah, I did do a general Korean history course, but uh, that was earlier on. For my master's, I was more concentrating on the ancient history. I prefer that. I do love all history, but the ancient history of Korea, mm. the Three Kingdoms era, and uh, specifically the Goryeo period. That mm. was like the golden age of, for me, for Korea, was that, uh, that time. Korea, what, what drew you to that? What, what about it represents a golden age for you? Well, it was the first uh, unification, so to speak, of mm. the, the Korean peninsula. It was a lot more liberal at the time than, than the Joseon dynasty which followed, sure. uh, which became very strict neo-Confucian. But the Goryeo era was a little more relaxed, and it was a time when... Uh, it was laying the foundation of Joseon. It was building up strength. And the fact that it survived Mongol invasions, coincidentally, because the the, the royal house withdrew to Kangwa Island and thumbed their noses at the Mongols on the other side of the, the wow. strait. So, yeah, uh, they survived all that and then, you know, transitioned into the, the Joseon era. But uh, Korea was definitely a, a very interesting time for Korea. Fascinating. You're going to reenact your own bit of Korea history by yeah, retreating to Kangwa Do, <laughs> Kangwa <laughs> Island. Let's uh, touch quickly again on your, um, your historical studies. Uh, mm. I, I can't stop thinking about, you know, this whole retreating to Kangwa Island <laughs> to get away from the Mongolians. You know, it's so emblematic of how... <laughs> Uh, so many, so much of Korea perceives itself as sort of the the shrimp between whales, as mm. the put upon sort of small country by outsiders kind of thing. Are you you're a history buff? Have you ever heard a mm. podcast called Hardcore History? No, I haven't. Oh my god, it's so interesting. In fact, there's one particular episode on the Mongols, Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan. He goes on for like uh, eight hours. His name is Dan Carlin, mm. and he talks about the Mongol invasions. And I've heard of Dan Carlin. He's so interesting. Mm. And for Korea to resist a Mongol invasion, that's no easy task. I mean, that mm. alone is a, an extraordinary feature of Korean history, isn't it? It, it is. <clears throat> there was a bit of coincidence involved but uh, that enabled them to survive that. But the Mongols were kind of persistent in um, trying to conquer Korea. But uh, it just ha- so happened that the Korean Goryeo king and the the new Kublai Khan became friends at one point, and so I think that might have also been a, a, have been a factor to save Goryeo from the Mongols. They they were a, a, what we'd call a vassal state; they didn't have to pay tribute, but um, they were allowed to be fairly autonomous. 
an ancient form of soft power mm-hmm. and uh, accommodating through tributary relationships. Yes. Have you been to Kangwadu? <coughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's an times. island. Yes, I know. <laughs> and it's, it is a very <laughs> historic island. And it's, it's, it's remote. It's rural. Really. Help me out. Remind me the geography of where it is. It's uh, to the west of Seoul. Uh, to the west. Yeah, west of Incheon. Okay, so west mm. of Incheon. There you mm. go. And, uh, and you can you can go to the north of the island and just look at North Korea. That's what, it's just yeah, over there. I, I, I think I've actually been there years and years ago. It's, mm. it's right there where the action is in NLL. Um, and at certain points, you can just go up, and I believe there's probably some military uh, posts there as well. There's right? a big military presence and um, a lot of barbed wire fences. Mm-hmm. Look right across, and there's... Um, <laughs> have you done that? Have you looked across at yes. North Korea up there? Yeah. Are you able to see inhabited areas, or...? Uh, well, the day I was there, it was very misty, so you could barely make it out. But um, if you had binoculars, you could see a few. A bit different on an island than it is... Uh, I mean, I guess we're talking about a, a fairly well-inhabited island out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But even so, it's got to be a little bit different. Have you spent uh, any substantial time out there yet? No, and I, I can't wait to get there and, mm. and explore the place. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's obviously, it's a, Gangwa itself is, is a small town and it, it's old style, yeah. I think. And, I, and I, I like that. Seoul, yeah, great, magnificent city, you know, high tech and, and, and that. But uh, I do enjoy the thought of living somewhere not so advanced. Yeah. To have somebody around your age teaching elementary stu- uh, school kids mm-hmm. in, in, say, Australia or the US, Canada, that's kind of a charming narrative. You know, it's sort of like a Mr. Rogers or, you know, a nice, you know, the schoolhouse teacher. It's, it's sort of heartwarming in a way. How do the Koreans feel about that? It, it, it must be slightly jarring to them because it's outside their range of expectations. Well, it's probably going to be a new experience for them as well as for me. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But, they, you know, they, I did do an orientation out there on Tuesday. And, oh, yeah? And they were all completely friendly. They didn't say, say anything about my age. You know, oh, Well, the only thing someone said is, oh, oh you look so young. I said, well, thanks. You know, a bit of a baby face. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do have a bit of a baby face. <laughs> have you met some of the kids yet? <laughs> no. Um, that's going to be... I'll be a bit nervous. That's going to be a fun <laughs> moment. I wonder who's going to be more nervous, the kids or uh, yourself. They'll be, they'll be just staring at me, and I'll, I'll be feeling like, be like this is here. this is outside of the zone. <laughs> I can picture there, there's definitely a, a a comedy kind of movie moment in mm-hmm. that. I can picture mm. Russell Kelly, sixty years young, and he's beginning a new chapter of his life on Kangwado. We're going to continue our chat with him right after a quick little jingle break. Russell Kelly is one of the latest English teachers in Korea. There's a whole lot of those, but he's got a bit of a twist. He's 60 years old, and he's kind of reinventing his life, not only by coming to Korea, but by going out to one of the semi-remote islands, Kangwado, where he's going to begin teaching elementary school students. We've been having a little bit of a chat with him. You're from Australia. Yes. From Brisbane? Brisbane, yes. What, is, what should I know about Brisbane? It's a nice city to live in, 
but there's not a lot to do if you go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm always surprised when Aussies leave Australia because I, I, I've been to Sydney a few times and mm. uh, Wollongong and um, <laughs> what's the wine country out there? Um, Hunter Valley. Oh yes, Hunter Valley. Yeah. I met one of mm. the, the the winery guys out there, and I mm. thought, my God, this country is like uh, a gigantic. Ten times the size of, say, uh, Napa Valley or France or something. There's all the cheese, all the wine, oh, yeah. and gorgeous cities like Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. And if you can get a visa and be there, why not be there? What, what, what made you leave Australia? I've done Australia. I've been there, done that. Yeah, huh? yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't hold a fascination for me. And I think that's what it, one of the main reasons is that uh, Korea has this completely different history. It's just so completely almost opposite to Australia. Mm. Australia is full of individuals doing their thing and uh, social mobility is very, very high. And, and um, it's got a very small history. High individualism down there. I would think they have a similar frontier history to maybe the U.S. There's these miles and miles and miles of uh, territory. There's a controversial history with yes. indigenous population. Exactly, yeah. Um, so there's parallels that I can see with the U.S. Mm. When you're drawing similarities with your new Korean hosts, what kind of things do you think of? Similarities. I Australia. If, if if I were to say, tell me in ways in which Australia and Australians are sort of simpatico with Koreans, what would you think of? It has to be something to do with the nature of Koreans. Mm. I mean, uh, that's why I click with them. I had people from all different countries in my homestay. You know, Brazil and China and uh, you know Middle East, and but so, it was something about the Koreans. And I think maybe it's a positive attitude that might be a, a similarity. Um, certainly a, a real joy for life. But, I mean, that could you could say that about a lot of different countries. But I, yeah. it's it's fascinating. I, I I don't hear a lot. Maybe my perspective needs adjusting. I don't hear Koreans often described as people with you know joy for life. I hear them described as tough mm. and people that persist and work oh, yes. hard and just drive towards whatever it is they have to get done. Whether it's you know educating their kids, getting their kids into college, that kind of stuff. Joy for life, that's kind of sort of a a nascent concept in, in modern Korea now that it's cooling its heels, isn't it? <laughs> you know, but they know how to party. That's for sure. No, you know, and it, they, they, uh, the, the students I had, almost like 100% of them, and I took in about 35 Korean students over the, the time I had homestay, and, uh, you know, they were all just these buoyant, vivacious people and smart and friendly um, I don't know. It was just... Yeah. I almost think that there's a big difference between the cluster of Seoul, sort of metropolitan Seoul, and when you get out into these more remote areas. Mm. The character of people, I think, must be a little different. I'll find out. You will find out. Yeah. Is there anything so far that uh, people have told you about to prepare for, for, for island life? Are the ferries, like, it, hourly? Or? <laughs> there are bridges. There are... Oh, the bridges? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then yeah. you're all set. Yeah. That, you're, not, so you're not completely yeah. cut off. Actually, there is an advantage to being older, is that, um, you know, there's no, from the Koreans, the older Koreans, there's no downward age discrimination. Because I'm an older Correct. Uh, yeah. foreigner, you know, there's more of this um, mutual respect sort yes. of thing going on. I think I'll get on quite well with people out there. I think they might be a little bit older than, on average, mm. than, say, in, in Seoul. Yeah, mm. yeah. There'll be a community, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think you'll you may get tired of being deferred to. I think uh, Koreans tend mm. to be almost overly deferent 
when somebody is a little bit older. And, and maybe in the machinery of your hagwon, some of your colleagues might not know completely where to place you in the hierarchy. That, that has been not a problem for me, but it's been a problem for them. And I've even seen it with um, my university professors. Mm. You know, they're not quite sure how to treat me because obviously in some cases I'm older than them, but I'm a student so what do they do? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it puts them in an awkward situation. I'm aware of that. And, uh, yeah, and there's, there is a lot of this deference that goes on. I, and at first I thought, no, 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 don't do that. I'm an Australian, right? But then I think, okay, no, I'm not in Australia. Mm. I'm in Korea. Then that's what they do, and I, I shouldn't have a problem with it. So You working yeah. on learning Korean? I've been working on it for a long time, and it's just... Haven't we all? Working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it, I, I don't know. It's it is one of the <laughs> most... You, you, you do have to have uh, the patience of an older person, I think, <laughs> in order to attack it. And that's one of the things that, you know, people will come at you, I'll bet, and I'll bet mm. you might have heard some of this so far, that... You, you're, you're simply too old. I get it too. You're too old to start learning this complicated language, you know? There is something to do with that, uh, something in that, because I think that, you know, the longer you live, the more you're hardwiring your own language. They say that. That's you, your mm. sort of your semantic uh, cement is drying, as it were, right? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. And, and it's difficult to integrate a new language because there are ways your brain works apparently for, for language development at different ages and mm -hmm. that when you're older you're actually trying to um, put it on top of your language yes. but you know have these little synaptic yeah, yeah. You know, you're trying to graft I mean unless you I do envy those uh, I meet so many uh, young people who have one foot in Korea one foot in say the United States mm. and they've heard natively both languages from such a young age mm. their mind is wired differently yes. I do on the other hand I don't I believe in neuroplasticity. Have you ever heard that? Yes. You know, there's books out like Mozart and the fighter pilot and, and uh, <laughs> things like this that say, hey, you know what? Your brain is like clay and it does get a bit uh, sticky. It does get a bit um, thick, but mm. you can rewire it. You have to oh, really definitely. devote some discipline to it, but it is possible. Yeah, I think it, as you say, discipline and persistence. And I don't like things beating me. You know, I, I'm kind of stubborn in that regard, so I'm just going to persist you know, to learn Korean until I'm at a level where I can hold a, a reasonably intelligent yeah. conversation. Or at least survive and, and uh, understanding passively is also quite important too. Mm. I think uh, really daily persistence, and I, they say that um, studying a language is one of the best anti-aging things out there. That's true. I think with, yeah. with your new lifestyle out on the island in mm. Korea and uh, maybe sticking to a Korean food, learning Korean... Mm. You can find that uh, you stay well preserved <laughs> at any age. Yeah, yeah, you know. I think yeah. Just uh, for me, just never stop learning. I just love learning new stuff, especially if it's historical. Yeah, type things. Yeah. I think that uh, you probably have a bright future ahead of you with your work ethic, your attitude, and mm. uh, your willingness to take a risk. Who else out there is willing to, uh, at the age of sixty, move cold? to an outlying <laughs> island of Incheon and take up a brand new career teaching young people. I say good on you and good on you for getting that uh, two-year master's in Korean mm. history and Korean culture. Russell Smith, uh, Russell Kelly, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm thinking that's, of a completely different that's, Russell that's from cool. literature. Yeah. From Brisbane, Australia, thanks very much for coming in. Hey, no worries. Thanks, Kurt.
That's going to bring people in Seoul and Koreascape to a close. We are produced by Oh Jang Seop with associate production from Jamie Lee and writing from Nikki Kim. I'm Kurt Asian. While we're on the topic of new beginnings, let's go out on an anthem of sorts for starting again. Here's Diana Krall with Pick Yourself Up. Start all over again Don't lose your confidence If you slip Be grateful for A pleasant trip And pick yourself up Dust yourself off And start all over again Work like soul inspired Till the battle of the day is won